stop. Daily thoughts. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Did you get a lot of sleep last night or like not at all? No, not a wink. Although I did sleep peacefully for the first time in a while, but I think that's because we kind of got over it and it's dead. It's dead in the water and we don't have to worry about it ever again. 2021 Yankees are gone, gone to the world. Reduced to Adams. I used the Yankees to destroy the Yankees. Because that's essentially what happened yesterday because they beat themselves in the wildcard game. Yeah, they were really just playing against themselves. Like, I don't even know if we can say that. No one really showed up. No. Except I for- mean, that was the gist of you know the graphic and the breakdown that I made yesterday for the Yankees losing, but Cole didn't show up. The hitters, aside from Giancarlo, who should have his number immediately put into Monument Park, of course, did not show up. Um, the coaching staff, headlined by the boneheaded decision that was much derised on Twitter of Phil Nevin, uh, did not show up. So, yeah, they did not show up in any aspect of this game whatsoever. Yeah, they were just MIA. But that was just the way the season went. Like, Adler had a good tweet about it. That was, like, pretty spot on. It was, she was like, let me see if I pull it up real quick. Um, She said, from my corner of the baseball internet, I felt like I saw a lot lot more relief than I did anger, which is understandable, but very depressing, which just feels like it encapsulates the season. Like, I feel like most people were relieved that we, like, not everyone, of course. Like, we were obviously sad, still pretty, like, down about it. But I feel like this is a small part of, a decent amount of us who are just like relieved that yeah. it's just over. It's not like you want the team to lose. You want them to win the World Series every year. But with all of these emotions coming out, it kind of feels like the Yankees were a dying old dog that you really loved. And yeah. you finally put it down. And you're, of course, sad to see the dog go, but you're kind of relieved the dog is no longer in pain and driving you insane. Honestly, yeah. For as depressing as a like analogy that was it's pretty spot on like i can't even laugh because it's like it's just right there like that's basically what it was it's like you know it's gonna end poorly you're just happy it's over yeah but you're still sad it's over because it was like ripping off a band-aid it was just like do you want to end it like now or do you want to go down to the like because it just did not feel like this was the time obviously yeah hopes coming into the year were like exponentially high of course like this all felt like it was supposed to come together you had a full 162. Uh, everyone was going to be back. Health was looking pretty good. And then, of course, you know, nothing really goes our way for most of the year. Like, there was highs and lows, obviously. The worst of starts in, in April. Um, May was just marginally better than, you know, you had. It was just, it, it was up and down. It was a roller coaster. Like, there, like, you know, people describe seasons as roller coasters. Like, this was the literal definition of it. There were very significant highs and very significant lows. There's no way around it. Certainly was an interesting team to watch all year. It just turned out in the worst ways that they faltered when it mattered the most. And they never really, except for that 13 game stretch where they were just winning, 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 winning and climbing themselves back into the playoff race. It never seemed like the Yankees were either rolling or confident in themselves to keep wins going. I feel like it's 
it's kind of funny because like the guys who did have quotes about like this is where we should be all year this is how we should feel confident were the guys who were actually doing well the entire year because it felt like stanton and judge had like the most notable quotes like this is where we expect to be we know the team can be as good as possibly can like this is probably me reading too much into it but it just it kind of felt a little funny a little significant because it like those two dudes plus gary cole who we'll talk about a little bit like carried the team most of the year like they felt the most confident of course but it, i don't know the team just never fully hit the stride we all expected them to of course a 92 win season 92 right or 93 92 92, 92. just fell short of the expectations we everyone for the most part expected us to run away with the east of course no way we should have played in a wild card game obviously it wasn't meant to be because that's baseball season but even then, you had to fight and claw and scratch your way to get to that wild card spot in the first part. And we were in the driver's seat coming into the last three games of the season and then still just blew it again. Yeah. This team has seen a share's ups and downs, of course. Like they won in the seven game winning streak before the end of the season. But like in the back of my mind, I just felt like maybe you're getting too hot too early because we all knew that like a cold streak was inevitable at some point because that's just the way the season went. And of course, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So. And of course you had the mystery injury to Cole that was obviously hampering him in some way that was beyond the period of time where he was adjusting to no longer using performance enhancing materials. Yeah. So allegedly, allegedly that was, that was something else that they had to deal with. I mean, you had the relievers coming back fairly healthy and you saw that in Eliza and Severino positively contributing to the team but it just seemed like there was a gear missing from the Yankees machine that was preventing them from reaching a full potential yeah I just I guess overall thoughts on the season we'll just give it to you I mean it's mixed like if you had told us before the season we'd get all-time great years like MVP performances from Stanton Judge and Cole been like we're good. Like we're cruising to the playoffs. We should be world series favorites. Probably this is a hundred win team, but you fell short. I just like the team, I think has some great individual performers, but like it, they're just, they're good, not great. And then some of their parts are just, it, it's, you know, they're not, it's not all the way there. I feel like, you know, obviously there's a ton of regression from a lot of guys, a lot of injuries, of course, too. The I'm not going to be like it's all on the juice ball that it went away, of course, but there's just there's no excuse for it. It just it feel, it felt like a team that was obviously meant to win in 2018 and 2019. They fell short both those years. Uh, 2019 obviously was a huge injury year that obviously hampered them, but Buster only had a stat that said Aaron Boone has averaged 98 wins per season while being the Yankee manager and. I think Pinstripe Alley had a good comment on that. It was just in that time span, like obviously it's skewed probably from the first two years where they both, where they won hundred games, both seasons, of course. Right. Since the start of 2020, they're 125 and 97. It's a 91, 91 win pace over 162. That's getting you a wild card spot. Maybe. And honestly it didn't this year because you had to get 92 to get it. So I don't know. What are you, what are your overall thoughts? I guess on the season that was. Mixed again, but I guess I'll talk more about the negative stuff because you kind of talked about the positives with Cole. 
positives with Stanton actually hitting and staying healthy and playing the field, which was something that we were very happy to see for the first time, which you and I called. I was going to bring up the point that you and I talked a lot about stuff that eventually happened with this Yankees team that turned out to be a benefit to them. So kudos to us for making a lot of haphazard statements that actually worked out. Yeah, right. Um, But, I mean, you're talking about a team that lost Clint Frazier to some sort of injury after his gold glove nominated season, no matter (laughs) what you can say about that, and relied heavily on Brett Gardner, who just was not performing at a high level, bar some very exclusive periods of time in the second half where he was hitting the ball with a fairly clutch attitude. You had DJ LeMahieu, who you signed after long and arduous negotiations, which if you remember correctly, we were waiting for months to hear about what's going to happen with this guy. He was going to end up in Toronto. And then he finally re-signs in New York for six years, which is about two to three more years than anyone ever expected him to get from any team. And he just consistently underperformed and was not hitting at the same rate that he was hitting in the last two seasons. So that was hugely disappointing. And I know that I called out Monty as being my breakout candidate and he did fairly well throughout the season, but it seemed like he was having these pockets of down performances that kind of hampered him reaching the next level. And of course you have guys like Tyone who you were hoping were going to be a reclamation project and him getting hurt and him not performing essentially at the same clip that Monty was performing. So outside of the one picture of the month award. Yeah. So you just, you had more guys performing negatively than you had performing positively, which of course is going to be the stain of a season that doesn't end in the championship, but it just seemed like guys that you were counting on to perform at a lower than all-star level for at least half of the time, just were not getting there at all. Yeah. The whole season just is just mixed performances from pretty much I don't know, 23 other guys for the most part for the guys who were like key contributors. And obviously that goes further than just 23 considering how many injuries they had this season. Um, Going into the off season, just there's a lot of stuff they got to assess, I think, from this point forward. Um, yeah. But I think the biggest problem going into the off season is that people don't know if they're going to assess any of these issues no that that's that's a huge concern there was the report coming out that if boone lost the wild card game he was gone but i don't even think anyone believes that i think most people would say there's a 75 percent chance that boone comes back just because the yankees love familiarity with their managers and they love to just keep things the status quo so i have a glimmer of hope that he's gone, but I don't think he's going to be gone. And then Cashman, who I think everyone would like to see a change in the front office just because nothing has been working since 2017, which I guess you could say is the current championship window. Yeah. Um, And I would say myself included, the general consensus is that there's like a 90% plus chance that he comes back unless he voluntarily relinquishes the role, which I don't think is going to happen. No. Um, yeah, personally, I would like to see both of them or move on both of them. Boone technically is on a like his contract's over. Cashman has one year left, according to most sources, sauces, um, sauces, sauces, multiple sauces. Um, 
Yeah, so I feel like they'll probably bring the two of them back together for one more year because technically next year is the proverbial end of the window. Um, like for like cost controlled pieces, Judge and Gary and not Monty because he wiped out of here, but Ju- uh, Judge and Gary are the two guys, I guess, from that baby bombers core who will no longer have team control past next season. Like it, it'll be time for you know free agency slash extensions. Judge, of course, stated that he wanted to stay. Obviously, he rose to the occasion um, tremendously this past season. Um, should probably get some MVP votes. Top 10, maybe five finish, just the way he ended the season. Yeah, I think, note. honestly, with Judge at this point, he's closer to being captain, which I don't even know how that process would go down, but he's closer to being captain of the team than actually leaving the team. So I think he's going to stick around for a while. Correct. And I mean, I, you know, listen, we've thrown some stuff at him, of course, because it's maddeningly frustrating to see a guy who had never really been healthy put together a full season like he did back in 2017. Um, but when he's healthy, he's, I don't know, what, a top 10 player, top five player in baseball, of course. Yeah, with a near gold glove Basically, arm and glove. I, I honestly think he will win gold glove this year for right, considering – Mookie's not there and he actually played a full season. So I, yeah, hopefully they can get something done with him. But yeah, I feel like next year is probably the, the last attempt with this current gang. Um, for the people who have been like backing cash, I guess, like there's obviously a couple of schools of thought. It's just like, you know, why would you place all the blame on them when the players underperform? Of course, I get that. The players share a huge chunk of the blame. The, there should be some hard looks at this roster and just assessing like who stays, who goes. And we're going to get to that in a second because we want to break down, I guess, from the top, top to the bottom, I guess. But the question I keep saying is just like, who else would you get that's better than cash? Like who's better? That shouldn't be the question. Like, who are you going to get? It's better. It's just, is it just time for a new voice is the issue. I think like he's been doing this job for 20 plus years. He finally got control of like actually doing like a full on, you know, soft reboot, rebuild, whatever you want to call it back in 2016, of course, at the trade deadline worked out pretty well. Obviously, like we got some pieces that were there 2017, 2019 ALCS appearances, at least, you know, we've made playoffs ever since then after missing 2016. So like they are on the upswing and, you know, not every team, of course, is guaranteed a championship. A lot of people think that it's your birthright, of course, as a fan of a very dominant team. But I, I don't know. I like, is it wrong of us to expect better of like the Yankees for the most part? Just I know we were never promised a championship in this band, but there was tons of hope given to us with this current core. And obviously it hadn't delivered. And he's made some questionable moves, especially with pitching. He keeps going after these reclamation projects. It's hilarious. Whether it's been Mike Michael Pineda, who really wasn't a reclamation project, just it was a pretty much top prospect for top prospect kind of trade with the Mariners to, and then he got hurt a ton, of course, to Nathan Avaldi to Paxton, who actually was good, but then of course broke down in last year. And Alan Jamo, who thank God he pitched as well as he did for three innings, no less on one ankle um, pitch as well as he did to get us into the wild card in the first spot. But it's just, I feel like he just keeps not addressing the biggest elephant in the room in that case. And then, his redundancy of relying on home run or bust guys. I, it finally started to hit me this year. Cause I like towards the end of the year too, just with the Gallo move, like I, Joey seems like a great guy. 
great fielder, obviously. And like, I do like some stuff that he brings there. He's a nice lefty bat who we hadn't had before in terms of power, but holy crap, he really is just Adam Dunn. If you could play the outfield for the most part, he just, it's literally just three true outcomes. And honestly, it feels like just two. He barely hit home runs here. Um, yeah, I don't know. This whole over-reliance on the home runner bus thing is like, it finally started to hit me this year. But in 2019, I think I could shrug it off because the Super Bowl was making everyone kind of that way. But it just, this year it was just like, all right, like Glaber before when he was a prospect, like wasn't projected to be like a 40 home run guy. Now everyone kind of expects him like, when's the power coming back? When in actuality, like that was never really the case in his bat coming out of the minors. DJ, of course, had 26 home runs his first year and then 10 last year. Before that, he was just a dead average hitter when he was in Colorado. He never really tapped into it. Obviously, the short porch helps if he goes oppo here, but he's not going to be a guy that drives in, drives the ball a ton out of the ballpark. Like, I don't know. It's it's so – I don't know who I would pick to run the team. I, like, I don't have a good list of GM prospects, and obviously the Mets are on the lookout for a GM now too, but – Oh, uh, just reported that Billy Bean is not going to go to the Mets. So, oh, who said that? Heyman? Or no, it was an unverified reporter, but it seems to be getting a lot of traction. Okay, because Heyman had like two minutes ago that, or well, right before we recorded, anyways, that like Bean was probably still in play for the Mets because Epstein backed out on them. Uh, the Theo, Theo wants to stay in the league, so that's not a guy you would bring in to be like the Yankees general manager, I guess. But I don't know. I just. I feel like it's time for a change. Just something needs to get shaken up there. A guy who, I don't know, just just a new voice. You know what's going to help the Yankees next year? When they get those new City Connect jerseys, and they're going to look fucking fresh. No, God. That's all we need, baby. Keep Boone, keep the Cashman, just get some new threads. Well, you've had your gripes with the coaching staff. I've tried to paint Boone as bright as light as possible, but obviously I think the man now, I, I sent you a text the other day, like, Feels like now he's actually he actually has to manage instead of pressing the home run button and yeah the home run button is broken yeah now that he actually had to look had to try to make decisions and try to manage it's just it's falling in on himself I don't think he can keep up I I like him as a nice communicator I think the guys actually do like him a little bit maybe a little too much because I feel like he's too player friendly in some regards I wouldn't be like okay let's go back to Girardi considering he's gonna chastise you in the media and stuff like that but no just. Someone who has a good balance of both. I don't know who it is. I, I don't know. Some people have already been like, bring Beltron in, but I don't think that'll happen or go over well. No. Personally, but I don't know. What are you thinking? Thinking Arby's. <laughs> uh, I mean, I didn't hate the Gallo trade at the time. I didn't hate any of the moves the Yankees made in player acquisition throughout the season, whether it be Odor, Rizzo, or the aforementioned Gallo. Right. Um, although I did hate the Heen dog move, but that's oh, just because of Heaney wasn't because of anything we gave up. We no. were talking about moves that we made that we essentially paid nothing for. You just paid mid to low end prospects to get guys that you weren't paying any cash throughout the season just to see how they would perform in the pinstripes. And it seemed to work out fairly decently. Um, you saw recently Odor had the single that led off the rally that got the Yankees into the wild card game. Gallo should have been performing a lot, lot better. You're talking about a guy who led the league in walks and strikeouts, which is very much an offsetting problem. 
I mean, I would love to see that K rate go down, but with Gallo, like you said, he's an Adam Dunn, Matt Stairs clone. So I don't think that's going to really change. Yeah. He knows what he is. He's talked about it at length. He's a big believer in the launch angle, which great. Like, again, I do believe in some of these practices. It's just like, it is so just unnecessary sometimes. Like I think I texted you yesterday about this or at least someone, it was just like, you could have had Schwarber for like probably the same price. And like, again, I get it. The defense is better with Gallo, but both lefty bats who just hit dingers and Schwarber killed us yesterday and actually performed very well for the Red Sox down the stretch. Just yeah. what was the, I mean, Cashman would have gotten chastised anyways. Cause it's just like, Oh, look, another, you know, no, like, you know, no get on base, just hit stingers kind of guy. I just, I don't know. I, you want to see Rizzo back. I actually do think I kind of want to see Rizzo back too. Yeah. I think Rizzo provides a lot more to this team, both offensively and defensively in Mm -hmm. a way that I don't think people estimated when he was acquired. I think that acquisition just took everyone by surprise and they assumed, Oh, this is another Gallo esque move. We're getting a guy who hits for major power and is a lefty bat coming into Yankee stadium. I honestly just saw it as like another like washed uh, veteran type of move. Like we were talking about on Monday when you were like, it's a Lance Berkman type type of trade, but it worked out a lot better than that, of course. Yeah, his glove has been fantastic at first base and has saved the Yankees probably three to five runs alone just from scooping the ball and from his ability to navigate the field. Yeah. Um, he provides much more value from that standpoint than you can get out of, say, I know you and I talked about the idea of moving to moving DJ to first base just in case you know Rizzo left and right. you're trying to navigate the infield. But I think already having that glove there is going to give you a lot more value than trying to figure out what to do with it. Um, I mean, he showed up in the game yesterday from a hitting perspective. He did have the one strikeout, but he did have the home run that gave the Yankees their first run and kind of breathed life into the offense. So yeah, I would be interested to see his lefty bat at Yankee Stadium for a full season. I don't know how much there's going to be interest-wise from Rizzo going back to the Yankees or the Yankees going to pay Rizzo, but I mean... Yeah, and I feel like on his end, his market, like it won't be overwhelmingly significant. Obviously, you have Freddie Freeman, who also has for agency too. Sorry, saying that 20 times fast. Um, who feels like a lock to go back to Atlanta, but... yeah. The you know first baseman market is is always a little tough because it's a lot of guys who are just shoehorned into the position. Freeman, Rizzo, probably a trade target, and Luke Voigt as well um, as uh, as well as others. But I don't know. Feels like his uh, his market is probably us returning to the Cubs, possibly the Red Sox getting involved, and then maybe a return back to Florida if he goes to Miami. Considering the Marlins do seem like they want to start getting into things again, so. They would like to play baseball. They would like to. Um, but yeah, uh, going back to the coaching staff, uh, there were some bright spots at least, or a bright spot. Uh, Matt Blake finally saw his pitching plan come to fruition. Maybe it was because of the ball got, maybe because the ball got dead and maybe because sticky stuff went away. But for the most part, the starters did look, or the pitching staff did look pretty good at times this season. Obviously there was some regression in the bullpen and on Cole's part after sticky stuff went away. Chad Green still searching for the elusive second pitch. Uh, we've gone from what a slider to a changeup to a splitter to a curveball, and none of the secondary pitches are good. So that's dandy, Chad. Thanks for that. And then Chapman, who continues an up and down 
road in pinstripes as per usual. Never know what you're going to get with him. But Jonathan Wiseka, like we talked about, took a huge step. Monty looks more like a middle rotation guy as opposed to a back end starter now, which is pretty good. Um, JMO, at least for a hot stretch, actually did tap into his potential, which felt pretty good. Yes, Hill on the up and up. Um, and then for the most part, our minor league starters outside of Davey Garcia had a really good year. Like we had a ton of guys make a leap. Medina looked really good at times. Obviously he was the guy that are on everyone's radar coming into the winter. Um, the winter. Yeah. Schmidt, when he was healthy, actually didn't look too bad. He pitched yeah. a little bit towards the end of the stretch. Um, we were able to flip a couple of guys who would have been on the roster bubble. Jansen junk, uh, was one of the names. I think he was in the Heaney deal. Um, Glenn Otto, he was in the Gallo deal. But, yeah, there was a couple, like, quad A guys, 26-man or 40-man roster bubble guys who actually made a leap and were able to trade. So whatever they've implemented in terms of pitching has started to take hold. It's The hitting philosophies obviously need maybe a little bit of a tweak to adjust to a, a, a now dejuiced ball period or normal ball. It's normal, normal ball right? until they adjust the ball again. And... It's, nor- it's normal ball, right? Like, we can call it that because it's technically the baseball they had before. It's just baseball. It's yeah. Just baseball. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they uncorked this thing. Yeah. Um, our two cents, probably nobody goes. We would like to see changes, but I feel like n- nobody except for probably Marcus Timms hits the Fire Phil Nevin, though. Just for that. I like Nevin as like a bench coach guy. Like, I don't know take why him, he's take not him out of that role. Like, I don't know. The field. Yeah. I don't know why he's not back. I like him and Mendoza should switch spots. Like, I feel like Mendoza, I mean, being a third base coach is tough no matter what because you're either going to get criticized for sending or not sending people. Obviously, that was a huge, just dumb send yesterday. It was hit a rocket off the wall. Why would you send him? So dumb. But, yeah, Nevin should probably go back to just being a bench coach, at least, for Boone. I feel like that's probably going to help them in the dugout. I, I don't know. Maybe fire them up as well, too, because he seems like the loudmouth, the loudspeaker. Like, you know, like Obama's anger translator, the Keen Peel sketch. Yeah. Yeah, that feels like him for Boone. Yeah. Because Boone doesn't get angry ever, unless it's no, just the savage in the box ring. So, um, but yeah, uh, don't really expect too much. All right, in terms of players, we're not going to do like a full breakdown because I think we want to kind of let it digest a little bit, and we'll maybe yeah. do like a whole winter report, maybe in the middle of the playoffs or afterwards. We'll we'll see. Um, hey man, we recorded two podcasts in three days. Anything's possible. Yeah, I you know if we have some ideas going, and it depends on what happens, like with you know, whatever they announce in terms of like people possibly retiring or like in terms of Brett Gardner or something like that. But like um, Gardner retired bitch. Do you think he's going to call quits? Nah. I feel like he comes back or wants to come back at least. Go to Philly. <laughs> Just <laughs> go pal around with Joe Girardi and be out of my life. Um, no, he actually, he was all right. But I mean, you know, not exactly what you want. You should have better options. Yeah. You don't want to shove 38 year old Brett Gardner into your starting lineup for a hundred something games. That's not ideal. Yeah, we were promised he was the backup guy for Clint, and then we saw how that went. Yeah, he ended up becoming the guy. The guy. Yeah, but um, I think we both think Void is gone, just the way things broke down. Yeah. We've been talking about that constantly. So. There seemed to be a divorce between the team and Void after yeah. he said, I'm hitting really well, can I please keep hitting? And they said, no. you can go to another team. Yeah, I don't know where that's going to be. Um He'll probably have a decent list of suitors. Obviously, like we said, the first baseman market is usually pretty saturated because you can get like a slugging first baseman literally anywhere now for the most part. 
Uh, Universal DH will obviously help them if that's implemented in CBA talks. Also, this winter is going to be weird for us guys because we have no idea if they're going to go on strike. Uh, all wins are indicating yes, but do it. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, yeah, uh, you think Glaber's gone? Yeah, don't you? It just feels that way. He okay. looked decent at second base, though. I did he looked like a lot more comfortable. Though. That's what gets me thinking that like they might not bring. Rizzo back, stick DJ there, which, like, not the greatest use of his abilities, and then keep Glaber at second and just line a shortstop. I feel like that's the easiest route to go if they so yeah. choose. Just because, like, people are like, oh, Volpe's and Peraza are in the system, of course, too. Yes, I love what they do. They had great seasons, obviously. They are still pretty young and a little, like, at least a couple years away for, for Volpe. He just hit high A this year. Like, he's still a at the bare minimum, a couple years away. So don't bank on him being like instant promoted like next year or something like that. I, yeah. Just because we be have a while. A, yeah. Just because we have two good shortstop prospects in the minors right now does not, should not preclude you from signing a shortstop. They are a couple years away. Uh, Geo is two years away from hitting free agency out of team control. He'll be 30 plus by the time he does it for agency, considering he's a late bloomer. So what you could, theoretically do and like i said we'll go more in depth this when we do like a free agency preview is sign a shirt stop have him play there a couple years flex him over to third or second depending on things break down and then you know maybe volpe or peraza steps into that short cycle i'm in an ideal world so stuff to consider um let's look back on our preseason predictions uh from last winter um my breakout candidate was loisica yours was monty um Give yeah. him a give him a grade. Give give would would you you touch a little bit on this? But what do you think about Montgomery? Monty gets a B plus A minus range. Right. I would say. Okay. Um, I guess I'm leaning B plus just because it's like towards the end of the season, kind of okay. went downhill. Not yeah. full downhill, but it was leaning downhill. Right. Um, so he did he did do what I wanted him to do, and that was not cement himself, but make a case that he could be the number two guy in the rotation, especially considering this year going into it, it was kind of Cole and the other guys. Um, so I liked what I saw from him. It's clear that he has it back, whatever might've been lost throughout his injury. Um, and I'm really looking forward to having him be a piece of the rotation especially considering he was kind of seen as that fourth or fifth guy, but you could rely on him as that lefty guy that you could throw out there in a two or three starter position. Yeah. I, I'll never be the ace, obviously, because you're, that's what you're paying Cole for. Um, just a quick side. Are you like mad that like Cole didn't perform to his contract or is it just like you can, are you just going to like brush it off for the most part? I'll probably brush it off for the most part because, like, okay, feasibly, right, you run out this Yankees lineup that has Judge Stanton, Gallo, Rizzo. Yeah. Um, They, that team, yeah, yeah, that team should be scoring four, three to four runs a game um, on average. Especially against Evaldi, who you lit up last week. Yeah, against a pitcher who you dominated in the same ballpark just a week and a half ish ago um cole gave up three innings like you and i call we called this in the earlier podcast that cole is guaranteed to give up a home run every start for whatever 
ungodly reason that he does, but he only gave up three runs. It wasn't like he get, he got shelled for seven. He got hit badly for three with one of those being a dinger, or both of them come off the home run. Uh, one was a two-run shot. My only issue with Cole was that he didn't seem to have either the high fastball or his slider. His slider was biting way too hard because he was overthrowing it. Yeah, just enough because I texted you about that. It was like it was yeah. biting, it was literally just missing the zone. Like and yeah. he just decided to abandon it entirely, which was I get it, but it was like stop trying to rely on the high fastball. He was just overthrowing too much. And yeah, and it seemed like to overcompensate for the fact that he was losing <clears throat> what he wanted to throw, he was giving up more. You can call them meatballs. I mean, the home run came, the first home run came on a changeup right down the pipe. Yeah. So it seemed like he was trying to overcorrect himself. He's like, okay, I've, I've had this guy 0-2. I'm trying to throw him a slider outside the zone, but it's missing by way too much. Let me just kind of get my body back to where it needs to be and then give up a cock shot. So it's hard to do that in a one game playoff. You don't really have time to adjust on the fly for the most part during the regular season. Obviously you can try to toy around with a little bit. They can ask you to pitch as much as possible, but uh, yeah, as much phrase as Boone is getting for like that quick hook. Like, I don't think he did it fast enough to be totally honest, but yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say my final thoughts on Cole's performances that I was disappointed, but not angry. Okay. Um, I will say though, it did sound like A-Rod was happy to see another high paid Yankee guy falter in the postseason. He was having a very oddly like happy time from what I heard about it because I was watching the Snackcast one, which was no better, by the way. But yeah, A-Rod seemed like he was having fun watching the like he kept saying, like, oh, Cole's gonna win the Cy Young next year, which is an odd prediction to make while you're watching a guy just implode on the mound. Yeah. Uh, Yankee team can score at will, blah, blah, blah. But he seemed very nonchalant about the entire experience. I guess he was trying to be as unbiased as possible, but end up wiring into like full on Red Sox territory. So weird, but leave it to Alex. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'm, I'm with you. I'm disappointed, obviously, but I'm not mad. People were just like, he gets paid so much money to deliver and stuff like this. And it's just like, yeah, we know. Obviously he had a rough end of the season. I'm not going to be like, it was solely on the hamstring. Like if it comes out, they're just like, oh, he, he had like a slight tear and has to get it repaired. Then it'd be like, okay, like maybe it was that. But The only thing I kept thinking of was that uh, video that always goes around when someone has a hamstring injury, when they do the, the chicken falling off the bone thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All I could think about was cold. Yeah. Garrett, Garrett's a hammy after the start. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just the meat just falling off. Um, yeah, no, I... Uh, I don't know. I he'll be back. I always tr- like the way he prepares. Like he's meticulous in the way he goes about things. I don't like he's gonna let this linger for a little bit, of course. But I feel like he's gonna be back in the lab and just yeah. trying to I figure think- out how do I adjust to you know like the lack of the sticky stuff. How can I adjust yeah. for when my location's not there? Like he's gonna be. I think happy. given off a full off season of no sticky stuff, recover from the injury, reevaluate what went wrong. Because, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's going to end up top three in the AL Cy Young voting. Yeah. So it's not like he went completely off the rails. He just had very noticeable down spots, but that's because we're paying him so much money. Exactly. I mean, he went kind of as the Yankee season went for the most part. Like, he had some downs like the team itself did, but, like, the highs were very high. Like, obviously, during that stretch where he was at his absolute peak, probably sticky stuff, but... He also delivered some very memorable performances. Like I sent you the video of him 
just to get people hyped or I sent like a couple friends that video of him against the Astros back before the all-star break just to get people hyped up like that happened that that was yeah. part of the season we also called that by the way we called the Astros dominating performance to bring it back to life yeah it just felt like the right thing yeah man I'm kind of pissed we didn't get to see the Astros and the CS because I felt like that would have been like Cole's like biggest like effing yeah. performance of the year just here's a redux have at it again yeah um yeah, a while ago, I he was my preseason prediction to break out, and that was pretty spot on. So good on us for picking two dudes to to step up to that. Uh, John Lasagna feels like a closer in the making. Mo was in the booth with Yes during like the last home stretch of the season, and he was like, "Yeah, I see a ton of myself in this kid." Obviously, high praise and a bit of a death knell considering the last two guys he's given that cosign to have been Manny Benuelos, who you guys remember, Man Pan. Of course I do. You guys remember Man Band? You guys remember the Killer Bees? And then uh, the other guy before that was Brian Taylor, who was a, supposed to be part of that uh, core four group, but broke his hand in a trailer park fight. So, yeah. I feel like his job of breaking his ankle on a trampoline. Yeah, I feel like Mo gives you like a cosign. It's usually a kiss of death, but knock on wood, that's <laughs> not the case. No, like, listen, he's given two top prospects in our system that like, just like, I see a lot of myself in them. And then like, they've immediately just washed out. So now I'm like kind of worried about lasagna. Listen, maybe Mo is self-deprecating. He doesn't really see a lot of confidence in himself. So I don't know. <laughs> the 600 save man just didn't see any confidence in himself. No. I see it in others. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird period. I feel like both last year hit us a little harder. This year, I feel like it's just more like we're just we kind of just accepted our fate. Like whatever happened happened at this point, and we were just yeah. Gonna... Listen, you're only gonna get better thrills in the Yankees down at Coney Island. This was just a roller coaster of highs and lows. So yeah, uh, just be glad that the ride is over and you're off the ride before you get too heavily invested in a team that wins Game One against the Rays and then proceeds to lose the next three. So. That was going to happen, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah also, like Aaron Judge, please stop bringing your boombox to Fenway Park. <laughs> people were commenting about that. He brings the boombox everywhere, technically. But yeah, I saw that picture and I sent it to people and I was just like, ah, not again. I'll let him bring the boombox everywhere else. Just stop bringing it to Fenway. It doesn't seem to work. And Bronxy, I hope you're doing okay wherever you are. I mean, Bronxy, too. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, Bronxy 2, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, IP Bronxy 1, who died in a champagne accident, as we all know. <laughs> Secrets of the ooze. Yeah, God. Secrets of the booze. Wait, can you make that edit? <laughs> Do you want to make that edit? Yeah. We can definitely go towards more just turtle-based Yankees content. Turtle-based Yankees content? Oh, I had my. a great idea yesterday I have to bring up. We were talking about... Um, you know, Bronxy and like, you know, what's going to happen to this turtle in a different group chat? And I was like, you know, oh, the George Steinbrenner petting zoo has a great kitching to it. <laughs> How do we bring the kids to the ballpark? How do we get them invested into the, the MLB? Yeah. Shout out Rob Manford for not understanding how acronyms work. God. The George Steinbrenner Memorial Petting Zoo. Listen, it's got to get. You can put Dandy out there. You could get a turtle out oh, there. Oh no! I mean, they've been wondering for years how do they make uh, Yankee Stadium more like kid accessible? I guess like kid friendly because at least the Mets have like that like wiffle ball corner. 
just like, all right, just a petting zoo for Bronxy. Our brains are just gone from the season, man. Yeah, I mean, listen, we got we got the <clears throat> judges' chambers after one good season. Why not get a petting zoo? <laughs> we never got Martinez to do his uh his judges' chambers rant. His- yeah, listen, if you need a general contractor to rip out the judges' chambers within two hours, just hire Martinez. The sax man will do you good. Honestly, that man has some gripes against the judges' chambers. Maybe we'll do that during the winter when we're just kind of running out of stuff to do. Yeah, that'll got, be fun. He's got some issues with that place. Like, love judge, love the guy, love the attitude, love Jersey Mike's, always ordering it Aaron's way. But, uh, yeah, we don't need a nine-person cheering section of people who wear judge robes oh my god though no, we really don't i know it's for the kids and like good cause. It's always for the listen Stephen a is for the kids the yankees are for the kids and Stephen a opened up the first take today on a hot note just said i am having a very very bad morning just a redux of the you know the meme so yeah we'll probably tweet that one out one once we drop the bod um i don't know any other final thoughts i guess uh, I guess we could just mine this gap a little bit and talk about, you know, either any hot takes going into the offseason or who we want to win the damn hunk of metal. I guess we could do um, both just because, yeah. Like, yeah. I'll lead off with the playoff thing. I don't want any AL teams to win the World Series. I guess it leaves more of a sour taste in your mouth when you're going against these teams more often than the National League ones. Yeah. Um, so I'll say I would like the White Sox to come out of the American League just because it seemed like we did the best against them. It would be the <clears> ultimate <throat> comedy to have Tony LaRusso win a World Series ring at the ripe old age of 77, 78. Roughly around there, yeah. Yeah. Um, so from the AL side, I'll pick the White Sox. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Astros are going to mop them. Likewise. Um, yeah. National League... I don't like the Cardinals having devil magic. No. Shout out to Lana Harry. Um, but I'll say oh, Brewers. Harry. Seems like a lot of the smart people are saying Brewers. Yeah. Um, I'll never get the notion that it's just like, oh, you want the team that beat you to win it all? Like, no. I hate that. Especially after yesterday. No, you can't let the Red Sox win, which I don't think they will. I do think it'll be Rays, Astros for an ALCS that will cause me to commit toaster bath um just get your so drop it in there hoping for a national league win hopefully not the dodgers really don't want back-to-back stuff but i uh, i also don't want the giants to win because their whole season just seemed wild I'm very happy for their fans having a team that they thought was going to end up in third end up in first but i personally don't want gabe kapler to have happiness so <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh brewers why not i Probably the Brew Crew. I feel like they're just the feel-good story for the most part. Everyone can kind of get around them. They have some quality pieces there. Like my prediction last pod uh, was Astros Brewers series, and I think I had like I I'll go a step further and say Brewers in six. Watch us be wildly wrong. It's going to be like just straight chalk, like Rays versus Giants or something like that. Also, we're the number one Daniel Vogelback podcast. So we are. We we're huge Vogie fans. He that one time in Houston. We'll always remember that. We'll always have Minute Maid. Yeah. <laughs> oh man um yeah i hopefully it's an nl team i'd prefer if it wasn't the dodgers again like i do like them in some aspects but i just don't want them to have like the repeated thing yeah back-to-backs are always bad yeah because then it's just like it's a dynasty time and it's like all right like let's they have yeah let's let the team who picked up scherzer and turner 
mid-season just keep doing what they're doing because yeah, luxury after, tax doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. Because you know you're paying your your one of your co-aces forty-five million to stay home because you didn't do enough of a background check into him. Hey, but he did do a live stream last night, so things are, things are looking up for him <laughs> from jail. <laughs> live from the correctional facility <laughs> live from Lompoc oh god uh, I mean they did do a whole soul for a soul thing with Muncie and Kershaw being out for Scherzer and Turner but whatever yeah um, this is not the dads because that's really funny to me oh that's like hysterical like I do like the Potters for what they did because it's just like it's cool to see teams actually spend money in a time where people don't want to spend any but it's actually hilarious it's, uh, it's equally hilarious to see those moves backfire I think is is the is the counterpoint to that yeah and like they went all in then somehow not in enough at the deadline by only getting Adam Frazier and then calling it a day after they were in on Gallo Rizzo and Scherzer yeah <laughs> And somehow, like us and the daughters got those dudes. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, I'll say Brewer. Um, Brewers versus Astros. Astros. I feel like no one's talking about them enough. Um, although White Sox would be hilarious in so many different ways. Yeah. Um. All right. Hottest take going into the offseason. Like this could be anything. Like, do, do you want to see a re- like, like, do you say that, do you think they're going to just do full rebuild time? Do you have someone who you think is going to stay, who you, who everyone's pegging not to stay? Do you have someone who's going to go, who everyone's pegging not to go? Um, anything really, I guess revolving around the Yanks. Listen, I didn't prep for this question. So I'm doing a deep dive into the dark recesses of my brain to come up with a hot take. Don't, don't do that. Cause I've it's seen it. It's very recesses. bad in there. Yeah. I was going to um, say it's very cluttered in here. All right. Hot take number one, Gardner not coming back. Okay. It's over. It's over. The Guardy party is over. Shut off the lights. Everyone's going home. Guardy party's done. Okay. All Hot right. take number two, Glaber is traded. Okay. I think a team looking for a shortstop upgrade that can't pay what the market is going to be paying for the Story Seeger guys that are coming to market. Right is going to make a deal for Claver to play shortstop for them. Hot take number three. Are we doing three of these? Or I, I don't know. I, there's a lot of thoughts going keep, in my head. Keep going. Keep I going, and keep I'll see if I can match up with you. I'm just uh, curious. God, it feels like Gary's going to be gone. I don't know. I'll go a step further on both of those points. I feel like there's a package deal to be had with the Marlins, maybe, like where we throw Gary and Claver to them, and then they give us something juicy in return. I don't know yeah. what, but something. I mean, you and I were throwing around that idea that was being talked about about Glaber Voigt package. I, God, it seems like Voigt is going to be too hurt to give him any value, which I don't know how you get lower from last season, where after he led the major leagues in home runs, they said Voigt has no value right now. Wild, um, but they were just like, like a proposed trade for Lindor at the time. I think it was like, okay, Voigt plus Clint plus like I don't know one of the pitching guys for yeah. Like Lindor should get it done, and like obviously that didn't happen. But it's like now his value like would not match up to any of these dudes in a trade, which yeah, wild. Okay, so I'll say Gardy Glaber Voit and potentially Gary. All I think gone. Gary the least. I think okay. they like Gary. I don't know why. Also, who are you going to get that's better than him? Like yeah, that's put in the main problem. I, I, I did. Uh, I'll just real quick. Like I did see someone put. 
Mitch Garver in there from the Twins because the Twins might make him available this offseason. Plus the guy Tanner Swanson, who is the catching instructor for the Yankees, like comes from the twin system. So that was floated around. And then Wilson Contreras might also be had for a trade, but continue. And maybe they'll that'll happen. I don't know. I just yeah. don't know who you, I don't know who you're gonna get that's better than him at this current moment. Yeah, I agree. I think Gary stays, but there's like a a thought deep in my mind, a gut feeling, if you will, that he's not gonna they just don't think he's been performing, which he hasn't been. So no, yeah, we went over the stats last time. Like I thought he was at least average and he just was a, a tick, a literal tick below average offensively, which I really irked me and Martinez. Yeah. All right. Final hot take. Guardy Glaber Voigt gone along with hitting coach Thames and Boone stays. That's it. That's all I have to say. Cashman stays, but we already knew that. Okay. Um, I guess my hot takes would be I do think Gary's gone because it felt like last year, obviously, we were saying the same thing, but obviously they kept him. Now it feels like he probably stays and they're going to swerve and trade him this offseason, which is going to hurt because I do like Gary a lot, but I just, I don't know. It always feels off with them and him. Like they just want to keep looking for something that's, you know, going to be an upgrade. So this might be the year. We'll see. The catching prospects had a pretty good season. Josh Bro, Donnie Sands, Austin Wells all had phenomenal years. So that feels like something that could happen. Um, I also agree that I think Gardner's gone too. I, I think Glaber is the one that stays and Voight's gone for sure. I just feel like they, they, they're going to do the whole, like the thing that they, they've done with Gary with Glaber now, where they try to just keep him around and try to put him somewhere and hope for the best. Yeah. Um, Tim's gone for sure. Boone, Cashman stay. I think there's another change on the coaching staff to be had. I don't know if it's Nevin or if someone else gets hired away or something like that, but I feel like there's something that they're going to do with the coaching staff that just is going to surprise all of us. And it's, it's going to be, or like a new bench coach or something like an in-house replacement already for Boone. Yeah. It won't be anything that's going to blow us away, but it'll be a little change. Yeah. An I... organizational pivot, if you will. One of the finals last time, Hensley Mullins, I think, is a like isn't on a coaching staff right now. Let me double check because like, no, Mullins is okay. So Hensley Mullins is one of the finals for the Yankees job the last time they hired. Right, um, it was him, Beltron, Boone, Rob Thompson, Eric Wedge, Chris Woodward. Woodward now the manager of the Rangers. Um, Beltron, persona non grata. Boone here, Thompson bench coach in Philly. Eric Wedge is at Wichita State University. Wow, he went to college. That's that. pretty hot. Yeah, but he's been a hitting coach for most of his coaching career. Um, he was a bench coach for the Mets for a little bit and then got replaced. But I don't know. It makes me wonder, like, what if you – let's say you ax Tim's, hire Mullins as a hitting coach, and then you have him in-house ready because that's a guy you wanted. Yeah. It feels very like uh, footballish, like because you know football usually has guys that are like coordinators or whatnot who are like on staff, and it's just like that's the in-house guy. But yeah, I don't know. That'll be my hot take. I'm gonna say Tim's gets fired, Mullins gets hired as a as a hitting coach. Um, Love it since he's out there. It probably won't happen, but again, we're not here for reliable takes with this one. It's just kind of just quick bits. Um, Although we've been more right than wrong, so I will yeah. Say that. I, 
I don't even know it's us reading like tea leaves because like we do, but at the same time, like I don't know. I think people are just getting like some of these things right, which is weird, but we'll see. I think we have common sense, which helps. Yeah. It's kind of funny though, because they never really follow common sense when they make some of these hires and moves. So it's really funny. Yeah. Um yeah, well, you got four hot takes right there. All right, so Guardy gone. I say I think Glaber stays, you think Glaber's gone. Um, yeah, but I think my Glaber thing is more of a they need to make a move and we're running out of spots kind of thing. Yeah. Uh pitching market sucks. I think the biggest free agent acquisition they make. Would you call bring back Rizzo a free agent acquisition, or would you just call like a re-signing? Like I say free agent acquisition because it doesn't feel like Rizzo wants to come back. Okay. Um I think he does come back. Like I've been on the fence about whether or not bringing him back. I feel like a lot of it's just been like meme hype and a lot of that. But I, do, I think his value is I do, way too I, important to the team. Correct. Now I, I do see it too. That's that's the other thing. Like now, like especially after this past like month and a half or so, like I I, I see it. It's there, and I yeah. Not, I'm not going to be like he doesn't deserve. No, like he should be back. Although although Schwarber is also not a free agent again this offseason, so that's something to be on the lookout for. I don't know if Cashman finally just says screw it. Give me the give me the soul stone, and <laughs> like literally pushes Voight or uh, pushes Voight and pushes Voight and Rizzo off a cliff and just says, "Give me the beefy one. <laughs> give me the beefier guy. Yeah, <laughs> give me stronger battles." Cashman said, "Where's the beef?" <laughs> and just goes straight after Schwarber. Finally, his white whale, or if he just sticks with Rizzo, uh, I'll say Schwarber is the guy he finally signs. He he stops messing around, sees the season he put out, and says, "Here's." four years 60 something or whatever and just decides to sign him people are gonna hate it but it, I, I feel like that might happen people hate everything yeah I, and that's my hot that's all right so first first hot take is that they have fire tims and hire mulins as their hitting coach second one they move on from rizzo and voight and get schwarber um and then outside of that their next biggest free agent acquisition i'm gonna say is they actually do sign a starter but it's not gonna be like it's it's not going to be like it because the, the free agent starting market is pretty terrible. Yeah, it's not going to be Stroman. No one you know, think he tweeted Stroman. about it. Yeah, it's not going to be Stroman. I think he's just too much of a headache. Uh, I know they've had just in Robbie Ray before, but I actually think he put himself out of the price range now. Yeah, um, what a I jerk. Think, yeah, I think the biggest thing they're going to sign is John Gray. I've been on his tail for a while. The Yankees drafted him at one point. His stuff is there. It's kind of similar to. Coles in a way, like his arsenal, it's fastball slider. They seem to just like that type, so I feel like he's the guy they sign to give him some length in that rotation if they make a move there. Um, yeah. And I guess my fourth hottest take is that uh, Chapman gets moved. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't... That wouldn't paint me either way if it happens or not. It's not a scorcher of a take, of course, because I feel like a lot of us just want him gone in general, but I do think they... That's going to run its course. Maybe they'll slap a prospect onto him and then just say, here, he's your problem again, Cincinnati. <laughs> I mean, God. like, would Chapman for, like, Amir Garrett work just for the New York aspect of it? Probably not, but yeah, yeah, I would like not. to do it. I'm just, like, I, again, all this is spitballing. None of these are, like, concrete proposals, but, like, that would be a thing to watch for, I think. I think this is the, the offseason they get rid of Chapman. Um they rebuilt the bullpen on the fly, just making trades and then promoting guys in the minors. So, like, this notion of you have to sign big name relievers is 
it's pretty dumb. I feel like you should sign at least one guy, but there's no reason all of your money should go devoted to like, you know, okay, the Britons, the Ottavinos, and the Chapmans of the world. You can easily rebuild a bullpen from the inside by with failed starters and actual bullpen guys. Like, yeah. Well, Isaac is prime example of that. Chad Green struggles notwithstanding. Also another prime example. They traded for him in the, the original Justin Wilson trade and failed starter ended up being, a, obviously it has been a pretty good bullpen piece. Sessa was on that track as well. Like they, they, I feel like they'll probably do that. Holmes is going to have a big role next year too. So they somehow find these guys. I, that's the best way they feel. I, I feel is how to build a bullpen. They're really good at doing that. And they rebuilt on the fly. So I think Chapman's gone. I think they'll flip him. Um, so yeah. Tim's out. Mullen's in. Chappy gone. Chappy. And, uh, we sign We Cashman says, I want it all and signs Schwarber. <laughs> I want all the beef. <laughs> he decided enough was enough and decided. Yeah, listen, when Cashman goes to In and Out, he orders a four by four. He goes to Arby's, he gets a triple beef and cheddar. He just wants the beef, baby. Yeah, he decides enough is enough. I want it. So we'll see. Um, we'll be back at soon. Some point. Probably soon, honestly. The way we work. Or well, lack of actual employment, but like the way we think about stuff, we'll let it sit for a little bit. Of course, I don't think anybody really wants to go right into just an off-season plan just yet. Maybe let things digest a little bit. Yeah, and I don't think we're sad. I think we're more, it's more just part of the catharsis where we're just kind of like, eh, it's all right. Yeah, like, things are fine. Whatever. You know, we'll be back, the team and us. Um, we'll do some off-season stuff. Maybe we'll have different guests too. Um. Definitely bring Martinez on for a judge's chambers rant just because we need that. He's the best. <laughs> he really bring is. the sax man back. Maybe we'll have Traven on again too. Um, although we usually end up cutting a lot of his stuff out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we cut a lot of our other stuff out. The last pod that you guys listened to, we had to cut a lot of stuff out. <laughs> yeah, we we went off a lot of tangents. Yeah, it, it doesn't Which was really... somehow more than the fact that we dedicated like half the episode to the Sopranos. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the Many Saints of New York review. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll do some movie reviews, too, as part of Mind the Gap for the winter. Should um, we change to a pop culture podcast because the Yankees are god-awful? I think we might have to if they go into a lockout this year. So Yeah, that might be fun. Yeah, if they go on strike, I feel like we're kind of – it would behoove us to switch up some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Each and daily goes to the movies. <laughs> god, I'm in. I'm All down. Right. Maybe we'll do a live pod too, because Dan might Dan might be coming up as well. So maybe we'll try to do like a one on one recording. I don't know. Yeah, how no one knows it. where I am at any given moment, so I can no. be in New York at any time. He's he's been moving and shaking around. So, all right, guys, have fun this See winter. See you soon.